Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good morning and welcome to College Game Day LSU Tiger Tailgate. Along with T-Bob Abel, I'm Deke Bellaby. A lot to get to on the biggest day of college football, the biggest weekend ever to open a season in college football. We've seen so far some ranked teams, including one that got a scare on Thursday night, the ninth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Coming up on today's program, we'll break down number 27, Wisconsin, and number 5, LSU at Historic Lambeau Field. We'll go out to Lambeau Field and get a presence from some of the fans that are on location of driving into Milwaukee, Chicago, Appleton over the course of the last three days, and fans now descending on on Green Bay, Wisconsin, where a lot of the national media has been for the last couple of days for the first ever college football game at historic Lambeau Field. Mike Scarborough of TigerBay.com will be with us as we had the first full week of prep football last night. We'll get an action on recruiting and get his take on LSU and Wisconsin. Jason Galloway covers the Badgers football program for the Wisconsin State Journal. will give us the side of things from Wisconsin and Coach Chris. Will they be more balanced again this year or will they get back to their running ways like they were against LSU two seasons ago in Houston? in the first game of 2014. Travis Rye, senior analyst from BamaOnline.com, is with us. Alabama and USC is a huge matchup in the conference this weekend. Also, Texas A&M and USC, another matchup that features a ranked, fo- ranked foes, and that's an SEC ball club in A&M, and one of the biggest games of the weekend among ranked teams, both in the top 11, number 11, Ole Miss, and number 4, Five, Florida State. Parish Offer covers the Ole Miss Rebels for the Ole Miss Daily Journal and our preview segment of big games across the country. We'll get T-Bob's take also on some other big conference games, including Auburn and Clemson. Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWR.com, will be with us. We'll hear from Coach Paul Chris, Coach Les Miles, the players, and everybody involved in this one. And then we'll wrap things up with senior writer, TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar. T-Bob, baby, it is game day. What does that mean for the college football players? What does that mean for a guy like you who once played this game at this high level? Uh, look, man, it's it's incredibly exciting. Um, I always look forward to college football. Look, I, I love the NFL, right? Because like anything else, you want to see uh, the people that are best at their craft. But I also appreciate uh, the more ugly nature of the college game. I appreciate, you know, that these aren't necessarily the best guys. These are kids who have committed their college years, putting all their heart and soul into winning games on these big stages. Uh, I think the pageantry of college football is absolutely incredible. I always compare it to a medieval tournament day where merchants all of a sudden their stalls are popping up everywhere, exotic smells in the air, foreign groups of people with different sounds and different uh, colors that they wear. And then eventually at night you'd meet in the tilt, the joust takes place in the Coliseum. It's just, it's it, the atmosphere is unrivaled. And when you look at this opening weekend, Deke, if you are a college football fan, how lucky are we? And, and I guess I would ask you this, is this a direct, uh, is this directly because of 
the college football playoff. When you look at all the premier matchups that we have in this week, number one, and the fact that strength of schedule seems to have more emphasis now, just go down the list. I mean, think about all the games you just rattled off. And did we even get to Georgia, North Carolina? No. I mean, another top 25 matchup, neutral site. Uh, Stanford's already played in the I mean, Georgia we, Dome. We've seen a lot of ranked teams, T Bob. Yeah, so it's, it's just, uh, it's an incredibly exciting day. And then. Just, I guess, luckily for fans around here locally, Deke, LSU's at the center. They're the heart and soul. They're, they're playing in their 26th uh, ESPN college game day today. Like you said, first ever in Lambeau Field. And I, I got to commend uh, the local press that has been up in Lambeau, whether it's the Times-Picayune or the Advocate. The coverage throughout the week has been absolutely spectacular. And one of my favorite stories uh, to come out this far is from Ross Dellinger of the advocate and Deke. Okay, so in Green Bay you got Packers fans, right? What do Pat what color do Packers fans hate more than any other? Purple. Yeah. Because the Vikings. The right? Vikings. They, they yeah, more. I was gonna say that a blue with the Bears. Absolutely. Okay, so blue blue plays too, but purple mm-hmm. and, and now their town is covered in purple. But they're happy because when you read about how big of a moment this is, they're expecting a hundred thirty thousand people coming to town. Hotels are books, an average Packers game raises about $13.5 million. They're expected that to be shattered this week in between this uh, LSU fan base, which is known for its partying and drinking, and this Wisconsin fan base, which is also known for its partying and drinking. So you have two very similar people that come from, I, I guess, culturally opposite sides of the coin, right? Mm-hmm. In Louisiana, you have the, the swamp people who are used to humidity <laughs> and hot weather, and they deal with it through maybe a little bit of partying, right? A little bit of yeah. having fun. But up north, on the opposite side, the, these are the guys from the frozen tundra, right? The Northmen, the Norsemen in the cold. They're, they're freezing. How they deal with it? Well, yeah, drink a little bit, have a little fun. So I, I – I, I, I wish I was up there to see these two cultures interact throughout the day. I imagine there's going to be so many great stories come out on the other side. And then the best part is, Deke, at the end of the day, if you're an LSU fan, I guess this afternoon, you get to see the team that you've been – this team has been anxiously – people have been anxiously awaiting this debut of this year's team since Leonard Fournette and that class signed – Three years ago, yeah. When they signed, this is the year as much that everybody as, as pointed much as any to. Team that they've been waiting to see. There's oh, no absolutely. About it. This this was the year that you thought, okay, that's when LSU is going to be best. You're going to have your last year of Fournette, your last year of Dupree, you know, the, the, the very vaunted signing class. And so after literally years of anticipation, man, we are finally here. We are knocking on the door, and we're going to get our first true look at whether or not this team is worth the hype. And think that we didn't even touch on the fact that Dave Aranda is now playing against his old school at the first game at his new school. Yep, no doubt about it. It's college game day, folks. It is a big one. Fifth-ranked LSU, 27th-ranked Wisconsin. We'll break it down. Also, take a look at some of the big games in college football here on Tiger Tailgate College Game Day. He's T-Bob Bear. I'm Deke Bellavia. This is WWL. I think that's one of those things that you always have to manage in – uh, whether it's the quarterback and Bart, uh, whether it's anyone on the team, you're know, trying to do too much. You have to you have to trust who you are and and trust the preparation and, and work that you've put in. And I think those are natural tendencies of guys that are really competitive. I think Bart's that, and yet he's got to learn to to manage that and and, and handle that. And and I think that. Um, same could be said with really every guy across the board. You know, Vince has got to do the same thing. Vince can't – he's got to do his 
do his assignment and be great at it, but you can't do too much. You know, Corey, same thing. You know, I think that's all part of playing the game and learning how to play the game. Wisconsin coach Paul Christ on first starting, first year starting quarterback and senior Bart Houston today as 27th ranked Wisconsin, a 10 point dog. Basically, it is considered a home game for them. They are taking on the fifth ranked LSU Tigers. Welcome back. It is college game day. Tiger Tailgate along with T Bob A Bear. I'm Deke Bellavia. 260 You can text us at 870 I'll be intrigued to see what the actual crowd split is yeah. uh, once once we get in that state. I know it's in Wisconsin, but mm-hmm. reports are that uh, a lot of Tigers viewing this as Mecca, that a ton of Tiger fans made the trip. So that would oh, yeah. be a treat. You know, it would be interesting to see, too. We welcome in Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com, www.TigerBait.com. Mike, because of this weekend and because there was a lot, it was a big faction of people I know from uh, where I, I am out part, a lot of Tangy Tigers, uh, and they go up to all, all the big road games, especially one that's unique as this. But I don't know how you can gauge it, but people, a lot of people left Wednesday. Some went into Milwaukee, and they've made a weekend out of it, seeing the breweries and watching the Bucks play, uh, the Brewers play. Same thing as some going to Chicago, doing things there, watching the Cubs play. How many people over the course of Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and then it's the spur of the moment people you know like, you know what, forget it. Let's jump in the car. Let's let's get a flight. Let's go over there. And I, I would ima- imagine on a game like this and the hype leading up to it, there's some if there is such a thing, there's some walk up last minute people going to show up today. No, there's no doubt, and it's and it's hard to gauge what what the true numbers are. But it sure seems, you know, unless my memory's failing me, and that that could be. But uh, the, the excitement and the in the number of people, friends of mine on Facebook. Uh, friends that I know, it sure seems like there's a, a, a bigger number for this uh, neutral site seizing opening game than there has been for some of the others. And, um, you know, reading some of the reports, seeing all the photos, uh, it, it looks like, you know, <laughs> yeah, Green Bay's got a storied history, but I, I don't think those folks up there know what's hitting them. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com is here with us, www.TigerBait.com. Mike, uh, to show you, I guess, a, a lack of experience in this conference this year, the first team uh, preseason All-ACC quarterback, well, rightfully so, is Chad Kelly. Uh, after that, it is a quarterback from Tennessee who didn't look good at all the other night. And then Brandon Harris is the third team preseason All-ACC quarterback. And my thing, my take is on this, and this is just a field of prediction, I guess, so to speak. But in December, Mike, when the 2016 final all sec team is released if brandon harris is the third string quarterback lsu would be one of the four playoff teams that's just my opinion i think you're right and uh we keep you know reading about needing to have a 60 percent completion uh percentage uh throughout the season and if, if that's the case then uh lsu is indeed uh either won the sec west or or sitting there with maybe a loss or uh and right there in in the playoff hunt um, you, you, and LSU meets their expectations if that happens. So um, he, he's really got to have a good season. There's been mixed reports as to whether he's actually done that. Um, so we'll see. Um, you know, you, you hear all off season. You know, he's making improvements and and he's gotten more accurate and more comfortable in the offense. But I, I think everybody's going to say, "I'll see it when, when uh, I'll believe it when I see it." Talking to Mike Scarborough, at Scarborough Mike on Twitter, publisher and recruiting analyst for TigerBait.com. And, uh, Mike, in a move that I'm sure pleased the coaching staff yesterday, uh, K.J. Malone taking an Instagram picture in Lambeau Field when you tour, whatever, posting it, the O-line. It's something that guys do every single game. 
in the picture, however, Will Clapp was in a walking boot. Uh, have we figured out why that is the case, and is there cause for concern with Clapp? Yeah, um, I, you know, that, that started a firestorm on our message board as to whether that's just precautionary and then he'll uh, have it uh, ready to go this morning, or how, at what percent is he? Is he even going to, uh, you know, be there uh, available to play today? Um, you know, he's one of those guys, when you look at the LSU offensive line, and um, I, I don't think there's a starter on the offensive line that LSU uh, can can afford to have nicked for any period of time uh, during yeah. this football season. I think the offensive line is the biggest question mark. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned K.J. Malone. I, I, you know, him and Josh Butte, are, are they ready for prime time? Um, you know, Maya Tahume, you know, for him to not be listed as a starter on the depth chart on Monday, um, you know, to me, he's one of the, the, the best uh, offensive guards uh, uh, that we're going to see come out of LSU in, 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 a, in a year or two. Um, so a, a, a group that's already has a question mark, seeing clap in, in, a, in a walking boot is a concern. And and kind of sticking with that group, because I'm, I'm in uh, complete agreement with you. I think when you look at last year's struggles, as much as made about Brandon Harris, uh, those tackles especially seem to really struggle in November. Now, these are two tackles that got drafted into the NFL this spring. So you got two fresh faces out there. And in their first game, Mike, they're going to have to go against Vince Beagle, uh, the number one returning outside linebacker, according to Pro Football Focus. How do you think K.J. Malone and Toby Weathersby, uh, how do they hold up under this Beagle attack? Uh, I mean, they're going to go right at those two guys, um, especially Malone. Um, you know, you wonder with these depth charts that you see that get uh, produced on a Monday – uh, how accurate is that as to what is actually out there on the first series uh, to, to start? Um, um, the, a lot of uh, guessing as to the, the, the correct uh, formula as to who is the number one and then and, and who's the, the guy that's really going to be there if everybody's healthy. Um, but, you know, uh, offensive linemen are not like defensive linemen. You, know, you can have guys who are maybe didn't have a, 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 that salty of a high school career be a guy two or three years into the program and, and perform very well. Um, but, you know, I, I get a kick out of some of the regional and national analysts who look at LSU's offensive line and think that that's one of the, they're one of the strongest offensive line groups in the country. Yeah. I, I think that, that group right there can make or break this LSU football season. Mm-hmm. Mike, let everybody know what's up on the site and how they can get in tune to everything LSU, LSU football. Tigerbait.com. We've got it all for you. Extremely active on our Tiger Den Premium message board. And um, great pregame uh, story, uh, notebook, and prediction uh, by Brian Lazar. We've got our chat uh, recap on the site, uh, much more. We filmed several uh, high school games last night. We were at Catholic High in Parkview, uh, as well as uh, John Curtis and Landry Walker. So we're going to have all that film chopped up with the LSU uh, recruiting targets uh, here in the next uh, two or three days. So we've got uh, it all for you at TigerBait.com. Mike, now give us your keys. Give us your prediction. LSU, Wisconsin. I I just think LSU is just too talented for for Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin will stay in the game for for a while. Um, But unless LSU uh, gives them three or four takeaways, um, I, I think LSU wins this one by multiple scores. Um, you know, don't be surprised. Uh, I don't know that uh, Fournette is 100%, uh, 
Uh, he might be 85 or 90. Uh, I think Geis could probably have a, a game with maybe more yards than Fournette, uh, if that's the case. Um, but overall, I, I think uh, LSU wins this one 31-14. Mike Scarborough. Mike, again, let everybody know how they can keep up with you on social media. Uh, at Scarborough Mike on Twitter. Just type TigerBait.com into Facebook. And, of course, TigerBait.com. Uh, if you're an LSU fan, it's the place you want to be. And Mike, thank you so much for the time. All right, thanks. thanks All guys. right, college game day is at uh, Lambeau Field. A lot of Tiger fans there will go out and check things out at Lambeau Field coming up before we check out of here this morning. And also, the Wisconsin Badgers, are they the same Badgers, the same look Badgers offensively as they were two years ago when the Tigers opened up against Wisconsin and Houston? The numbers say absolutely not. We'll come back and educate you on that. WWO News Time is 1030. It's time for First News, and we'll go to Don Ain. It'll be interesting. I, I know that uh, he cares very much for the place that he used to work and, you know, to line up against them and players that he's coached. And I'm not speaking for him, but uh, I know that uh, that he respects Wisconsin extremely uh, well. That is LSU coach Les Miles on defensive coordinator Dave Aranda. Welcome back. No two defensive coordinators under the microscope more this weekend than Bob Shoup from Penn State, who had a debut on Thursday night, not so successful as Appalachian State. If you look at those numbers and you came back from Tennessee and App State, you would say, oh, Tennessee must have turned the ball over a ton of times. No. Clearly, it was a night of David and Goliath, and that night, App State just outplayed Tennessee. Tennessee did win in overtime, twenty to thirteen. App State, or they're Division One now, right? Correct? They, they are. are Division One, and that's that was a situation. And this is not to excuse uh, Tennessee by any means, but that App State defense, undersized but very good, sneaky good, very and it good. looks like Tennessee uh, didn't fully appreciate the challenge they were bringing to bear. I agree. Helping us get educated and learn more about today's opponent, the Wisconsin Badgers. Our pleasure now to welcome in Jason Galloway uh, covering the Badgers here for the Wisconsin State Journal. Jason, thank you so much for the time. And I look at the last couple of seasons, and I go back to 2014, and I go last year, and I look at Coach Chris, what he was able to do. And I look and see the double-digit wins in each of those, and I kind of wonder, because of the balance last year, was that a big reason why Wisconsin, although they kind of deviated away from some of the things their fan base is used to, which has been about 73% running most of the time. Last season, when you look on average, Jason, under Coach Chris, they rushed the ball an average of 39 times per game and passed the ball 32 times per game. That's only a difference of seven plays uh, from pass to rush, which is tremendous balance, compared to 2014, where they rushed the ball 49 times per game and passed it 24 times per game. Was that balance key last year into Wisconsin maintaining double-digit wins? No, I actually don't think it was. I, I think that I don't think they really wanted to pass the ball that much. I think it had to do with the fact that when they were running the ball, it wasn't successful. You know, Corey Clement, their star running back, was injured. Their offensive line had a lot of retro freshmen starting on it, and there was a lot of inexperience there, a lot of injuries, and a lot of shifting around. And they did they never found that continuity. And um, really, the uh, you, you know the running game was such a mess; they were kind of forced to pass the ball more often, and uh, it was difficult on quarterback Joel Stavi last year. He had to pass the ball I think 50 times against Nebraska and that makes it really difficult when uh when the other team knows you're going to drop back like that um so yeah they, they want to be a, they want to be a run first team and I think I think last year they won those 10 games despite uh despite the fact that they had to throw so much their defense was so good it was the number one scoring defense in the country um and I think that had a lot to do with uh and of course the schedule wasn't nearly as difficult as it's going to be this year and that's another reason they were able to win 10 games but um yeah they, they want to get back to more of that 
run first offense. I think they want uh, the running game to kind of kick back into gear this year. And I think the offensive line is going to be a little better. And of course they have Clement back as well. So I, th- I think, you know, this game against LSU, they're going to want to get the running game going early and often. And of course you want balance uh, in your offense, but um, I don't think that's really uh, quite what they had last year as far as production goes. And uh, Jason, so the the biggest narrative, uh, in my opinion, or one of the biggest, has to be Dave Aranda. Three incredibly successful years at Wisconsin, now at LSU. And as he'll tell you, uh, his defensive strategy kind of relies on deception, right? He, he wants the offense yeah. to be confused, doesn't know where it's coming from well. This Wisconsin team has seen behind the curtain, right? Like they know the inner workings. They know the magician's tricks. Uh, How much of an advantage does that give the Badgers? Can they potentially negate uh, a lot of what Aranda wants to do? I think the familiarity will definitely help them out on the offensive line. But you're talking to some of the the old linemen this, uh, you know, this week, they were saying, you know, even in practice last year, that they they were they you know they still had to be on their game to not be confused by some of the stuff Aranda was doing. He makes it very difficult um, on an offensive line, even when you are more familiar with them. Uh, that being said, I think Aranda is also a little more familiar with what Chris wants to do too, and that may help him out on the side of the ball. So yeah. it's going to be an interesting chess match between those two. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if either of them puts you know put a few wrinkles in what 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 they what they typically do to try to throw the other one off and. It's hard to say it's an advantage for for one or the other. I think it's just one of those um, interesting dynamics where uh, either team could uh, either team could get the advantage off of it if they play it right. But I think that's something interesting to watch today. And, and Jason, something one of the other matchups uh, between the players now at this point that I'm very intrigued to see regards LSU new, LSU's new tackles. Uh, when you look at the new starters, KJ Malone and Toby Weathersby having to go against the number one returning outside linebacker according to Pro Football Focus, Vince Beagle. Uh, where is the expectation level uh, for Beagle this season? It's really high. I mean, he's a guy that considered going to the NFL a year early, uh, got kind of evaluated and then decided to come back. Um, you know, he's a guy that uh, everyone kind of thought he was going to be, uh, you know, the big star at linebacker last year. And he, he was a big star. He, he played really well and um, really had a great season. But Joe Schobert on the other side at outside linebacker kind of, stole asunder a little bit and became a fourth-round draft pick in the NFL. Uh, I think now it's Beagle's turn to kind of take over that role as uh, sort of the number one pass rusher, number one force in the front seven for, for Wisconsin. I, I think people are really expecting um, that front seven to play really well, and I think it starts with Beagle. And, uh, you know, especially with the fact that Wisconsin is breaking in three new starters in the secondary, that front mm. seven has got to play well for the defense yeah. to, to do anything near what they what they accomplished last season on that side of the ball. So. Yeah, a lot, a lot's expected of Beagle, and um, I think that front seven's going to have to play really well, not only you know, getting after the passer, but you know they've they got to be able to slow down Leonard Fournette at least a little bit in this game, so they don't uh, they don't be so they don't get compromised as far as you know uh, bringing more people into the box and helping out Brandon Harris in the passing game. Covering the Wisconsin Badgers for the Wisconsin State Journal, Jason Galloway is getting us set for the Wisconsin side of things. 27th ranked Wisconsin coming off another double-digit win season. And, Jason, at the ask you this, the first time since 1984 the Big Ten will go to nine conference games, meaning three non-conference games. And, boy, no one can pick uh, uh, Wisconsin is not playing big boys. Alabama last year, LSU this year, LSU the year before that, three powers from the SEC. And then there are a couple of more non-conference games. And then where they fit in in the conference. When I look at on the West, 
West Division right now. Uh, the teams that I peg right there in, in no particular order, but I guess I would have to put Iowa first from the fact they returned their quarterback, they returned Desmond King, arguably the best interception guy in the country, 11 that's led the nation the last two years, and they don't play Michigan State nor Ohio State in the regular season. Yeah. But I would think Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Iowa uh, are th three teams that you could peg, uh, you know, in, in that division that were double-digit win teams on the on the uh, west side. How do you see Wisconsin after this game today when they get into Big Ten play? Where do they fit in as far as a race to the Big Ten title? Yeah, I agree with you that, that Iowa is the favorite in the west. I mean, you kind of have, after a 12-0 season last year and returning the players like, like they're returning, like you mentioned, I think they have to be the favorite. I, I honestly think Wisconsin is the second-best team uh, but it's going to be such a tough road for them to, to get to that point because of their schedule. You know, uh, you mentioned that, that uh, Iowa doesn't play Michigan State or Ohio State. Well, the opening, the open, you know, Wisconsin opens Big Ten play, Big Ten play by uh, going on the road to Michigan State, then going at Michigan, then hosting Ohio State, and then going at Iowa. That's their first mm. four Big Ten games. So a lot of people are looking at the schedule with LSU to open up and nose and saying, wow, they could, Wisconsin could be like a, you know, a decent team and still be two and five. After this tough this tough schedule, so it's it's kind of interesting to it's going to be interesting to see if the Wisconsin can can win one or two of these early games that they're not really not going to be expected to win, and it's just going to make it a lot more difficult on on their west side of the division. Uh, the fact that they have their their three opponents on the east side are, are those top three in, in Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. So I think they're the second best team after Iowa. Um, we'll have to wait and see if they can um if that actually uh if that in the standings if they're actually second when it when it's all said and done or if they can challenge iowa uh, i think they're going to have a pretty good team this year uh but it's just a matter of if the record's going to reflect that well at camp randall stadium wisconsin has the fourth best record among the college football teams 73 and 9 since 2004 that is only behind oklahoma and ohio state they're actually third best but they're not at camp randall this weekend they're in yeah. lambo how much of a difference does that make jason and give us your take lsu wisconsin how do you see this game playing out today between the Badgers and the Tigers? Well, I think Lambeau Field is definitely different than Camp Randall. Um, I think Wisconsin is going to be pretty pumped up to play here. I mean, they've got almost half of their roster are, are kids that they grew up in Wisconsin that are from Wisconsin. And uh, these are guys that grew up, you know, idolizing the Packers and, and Lambeau Field and, and all that. And so they're really excited to play here. But I think, you know, from a, from a fan split perspective, there's a lot of LSU fans up here and, and they're expected to have, you know, I think they said they were expected to have 30,000 fans in the stand. So wow. it's going to be pr it's going to be pretty close to I, I would expect pretty close to a, a true neutral site game. I do think Wisconsin will have, you know, will be the majority up here. But a lot of LSU fans made the trip and they sold a lot of tickets. So as far as that goes, I don't think it's going to be exactly like a Wisconsin home game like you might expect. Um, as far as the game goes, uh, I think I picked LSU to win uh, 24 to 17 in the paper today and. Um, you know, I, I think Wisconsin is going to be able to keep it close. I think their running game is going to get back on track this year. Uh, I just think that uh, I think it's going to be a little bit too difficult to, to slow down Leonard Fournette. Uh, I think he's going to be I think he's going to do enough to where Wisconsin has to put an eighth man in the box, and and that may open up some other things for LSU as far as the passing game goes. And uh, and with, with Wisconsin breaking in three new starters in the secondary, just don't have quite enough confidence in the defense yet to uh, to, to say Wisconsin's going to pull an upset here. Jason Galloway covering the Badgers for the Wisconsin State Journal. Jason, thank you so much. How can people follow you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jason underscore Galloway. Jason, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game. Thank you. All, All right, right. Take it easy, brother. We will continue counting it down to LSU and Wisconsin on WWL. We have Josh Groudon, the uh, 
be the third Aussie in a row for me. And uh, if the guy can't speak Australian, then I'm frankly, I'm not interested. LSU coach Les Miles, T-Bob, it has become somewhat uh, kind of, I guess you'd say humorous, but uh, not humorous or funny when you talk about the success in LSU's uh, special teams play yeah. and going toward the down under, the Aussie punters. Josh Graydon, yes. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I think these kids, uh, they grow up kicking the ball, and so they uh, they tend to have a little more uh, maybe a natural ability to put it where they want. Uh, it's uh, it's quite incredible to watch, and uh, I only hope that uh, back home, and now this accent's kind of falling apart, but I only dude. hope that back home, uh, you know, maybe some of the young mates, they uh, start kicking a little more. I, I just went to Wisconsin. It, like, slowly morphed from uh, no, Australian yeah. to Wisconsin take, by the end. Do, do uh, no rules, just right. Say that for me. No man. rules, just right. Oh, FX man. <laughs> you can text We're just us. offending any actual Australian listeners yeah. that we have out it's there. Just having fun. No pun. No, uh, no, no uh, insult. Hey, continue. but but now what I said, though, I do mean that, right? I mean, these are kids who... They grow up playing Australian rules football where you're kicking a mm, generally football-shaped object, right? It's oblong. It's not a ball. And you're right. having to kick with accuracy. And it's literally, the, I guess you could argue, the main skill uh, of the game. And so it is different from some of these American-born punters like Brad Wing. Uh, at least, you know, that's who I played with, so that's my perspective. Right. Uh, he had the ability to put it where he wanted to control how it bounced when it hit the ground uh, better than any other kicker during my time at LSU. 260 You can text us at 870-870. Well, T-Bob, the SEC has uh, come up, and they'll have some big matchups today. Uh, had some big matchups already, including Vanderbilt and South Carolina. That's a good opening game. South Carolina won with a late field goal, 13-10. to 10. Uh, Coming up today, Missouri is at West Virginia, South Alabama, and Mississippi State. UCLA at Texas A&M, and Auburn and Clemson. Which coach after today, depending on the performance, will be more on the hot seat? Kevin Sumlin, the seventh highest paid coach in college ball at Texas A&M. If he loses, or Will Muschamp, let's say Auburn loses bad at home to Clemson. Uh, that's going to be tough because well, when wait, you not, look we at, were just talking about Will Muschamp. You mean uh, oh, excuse me, uh, Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Because when you look at Auburn down the stretch, they have Clemson today, Arkansas State, A&M, and then LSU. They could conceivably be one in three after the month of September. Yeah, and Gus Malzahn and Kevin Simlin are both kind of uh, mirrored stories as they went from the penthouse to the outhouse, right? Like incredible initial success. Uh, everybody was very hyped. And then remember, Auburn, what a fall from grace. They were the media favorite to win the SEC last season, correct? Right. Oh, absolutely. And they finished last in the, in the West. And, and so I, I think Malzahn's seat is maybe slightly hotter, especially because of the Alabama factor where that's your main rival. So when the better Alabama does, the more heat that turns up on Malzahn. But Kevin Sumlin as well, man. He got the big contract immediately after Johnny Manziel. He has to prove that he can field a successful team without Johnny Manziel. And look, if he's going to do it, this is the year. You got Miles Garrett. You got John Chavis in year number two running that defense. Uh, Trevor Knight. Is, is Trevor Knight going to be good? I don't know. We'll see. But Kevin Sumlin really cannot afford to lose to UCLA today. All right. He's T. by Baby. I'm Deke Bellavere. We are counting you down to LSU's Wisconsin. It is college game day. Tiger Tailgate Show continues here on Tiger Radio. Good morning. This is WWL.
All right, coming up next, we'll go out to Wisconsin and get an update from some of the Tiger Nation who are there loud and proud and strong. They're showing now on ESPN College Game Day outside of uh, uh, Lambeau Field. They're interviewing Aaron Rodgers. This is the first ever college football game at Lambeau Field. Historic. The house that Lombardi built. LSU and Wisconsin today, a 236 Man, be great kickoff. great to be there. Yes, a <laughs> 236 kickoff day. And then tonight, it's the point after here on Tiger Radio, WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.